Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Spears, back with the draft Q&A part two. And there's a lot of great questions here. This will be two of three. We've done one. This will be two. And then three will be after the draft. And we have the, just to just let you guys know, we have the fourth annual for the culture mock draft coming up this weekend Luke and I will be on together so I know a lot of guy, a lot of you guys have been asking uh, when you guys are gonna be back together that's when so excited for that but as far as this Q&A goes let's jump right into it first question reasonable expectations for a trade back and it's funny you mention that because this year when I do my mock I am going to allow myself one trade back which I haven't done in the past because Chris Bauer has been so, I mean, he's just, that's what he's done. He's traded back in every draft, the, the last three, I think. So that could be on the table for him again this year. So I'm going to trade back in my mock probably if my guy is not there. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. But reasonable expectations for a trade back. Well, I looked at this, and, and you guys can look this up online. There's the Jimmy jo- the Jimmy Johnson, the former coach of the, the Cowboys, has a chart where he gives points to certain draft positions and the amount of points you need to make a fair trade and I would encourage you guys to check that out if you just look it up on Google it'll pop up but for for this question I took the Green Bay Packers and they I think are picking 29th and so a comparable if they traded up for to 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 21 to take our pick a uh, comparable trade value would be we get 29, we get their third round pick, and we get their fifth round pick. That's the way I saw it. So we could that that could be something that's done with a with one of those teams at the back end. Um, you know that's always negotiable. We've seen teams do different things, and sometimes uh, you get more than you expect, and sometimes you get less than you expect. Ballard generally gets more. Um, so that that would be an you know just kind of a ballpark figure of what you would be starting with I think if you look at trading into the early second round I think you would be more apt to get a second and a third obviously you're trading say 21 to Atlanta for for the fourth pick in the second round you'd probably get their fourth of the second and their fourth of the third and I think that would be about right. I think that'd be about right. So I don't have the Jimmy Johnson thing in front of me, so I'm not 100% on that. But those were the two scenarios I looked at before I got on here. And I just wanted to give you guys kind of a basic understanding of what we could be looking at from the back end of the first or if we traded with somebody early in the second. So I hope that was a decent explanation without having the Jimmy Johnson number you know, the Jimmy Johnson draft uh, thing in front of me. Again, you can look that up on Google. It's uh, very interesting, and, you know, it, it's still ap- it's still applicable now. He came up with it in Dallas, I think, in the late late 80s, early 90s, um, before, I think, the Herschel Walker trade. So uh, very interesting stuff. So check that out if you want. Better move, best player available or trade back? Well, for me, I'm always going to be best player available, but there's some situations where you know, maybe that's not the right move if it's a quarterback and you've already got a quarterback or, 
um, you know, there's a position where you, you're completely happy with what you have or you're filled or, you, you know, those roster spots are filled and you can trade back. But for me, generally, as a rule, I'm always going to take best player player available. And I think that's kind of Chris Ballard's MO, too. Just because he hasn't drafted somebody in the last three rounds doesn't mean he didn't have somebody graded there that was already gone. So I do believe that he's got guys that he likes at 21, and if they're not, if they're not there, then he will trade back. So what position do you think Ballard drafts that nobody is talking about? Well, I don't have a position for you that no one is talking about, but I have a position for you that I don't think anybody's talking about in the second round, and that, that position is tight end. I know the Colts are dying for a tight end. Every time they talk about players, they talk about a dynamic tight end, tight end, tight end, tight end. This is a horrible draft for tight ends. I like maybe four tight ends in this entire draft. So it's not about the position, but it's about where they would be taking them. And I could literally see them taking a guy in the second round or in the thir- third if they're able to recoup that pick. So tight end would be my answer. I don't have, there's no position on the roster where I, where I would be shocked because they really, you know, at every position need some sort of depth. But if you're talking about, you know, where in the draft it would shock me, it would be tight end in the second round. So that's, I've heard some chatter about that. I uh, hope that's not real because I don't think, not a huge fan of that. Uh, based on the guys that are in this draft, I don't think there's a lot of really Straight up, I'll be honest with you, after Pitts, there's not much I, I have a whole, you know, like that I have a lot of belief in. There's guys I, I think that I like, but, I mean, there's also a lot of risk associated with each of those guys. So, what non-Colt storyline are you interested in seeing playing out? Well, there's a couple. One, I want to see what happens with the quarterbacks. Obviously, with San Francisco, you don't know if they're going Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Where do those guys end up? Where does Justin Fields end up? Now with the epilepsy thing coming out, does, does he drop? Where I mean, So I want to see where those quarterbacks go. I'm interested to see that. Obviously, we know where the first two are going to go and probably where the first three are going to go. But I'm interested with, with Fields and or Jones, Lance, where they end up, uh, who trades, if anybody trades up. Uh, I think it'll be – it's just going to be an interesting draft. And you've got all the wide receivers – and and so and then tackles and so there's a lot of moving parts. I think somebody's going to slide in this draft. I don't know who it's going to be, but I just have a gut feeling somebody's going to slide. It might be available for us. So hopefully that guy's quitty pay. That's one thing. And then another thing is we didn't know. You know the guys went and had their medicals done in Indianapolis, and not a lot of. I mean, other outside of Fields. And a couple of guys, there's not a lot known about how those medical tests turned out. And so I will be interested to see if there are players that that drop, that seemingly drop for no reason, but are dropping because their medicals were not good. Um, guys that maybe we had in the first, you know, first round grades on or whatever, and they're just suddenly dropping like rocks. Um, and nobody understands why. There's usually a couple of those guys a year. Um, so I'm interested to see that and, uh, definitely we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. Cause I think there's definitely gonna be some guys that, that drop that we're going to be surprised about. Cause that's kind of how it happens every year. What players do you love to target day two, day three? So I actually wrote this down guys. There's a ton of guys I like, obviously when you go over 
350 players, you're going to find a lot of guys that you like. Uh, for me, I'll go wide receiver. I like Nico Collins, Michigan, like a size-speed combo. Simi Fihoko, wide receiver from Stanford, same thing, big guy, can run. Josh Palmer from Tennessee, they, he didn't have a lot of really good quarterback play, but he did the best with what he could, and I thought he was really, really solid there, and I think he would be a great receiver and f would fit right in with the Colts. And then a guy real late, Frank Darby, Arizona State. I like his speed. Uh, I think he could stretch the field. So those, those are just a few of the guys that I like coming out this year. And then at tight end, I mean, like I said, there's not a lot. But I do like Hunter Long, very productive in college. I think, you know, you, you plug him into this offense, he's he's going to be a consistent player, can get down the middle of the field, make plays, and that's what he did at Boston College. And you add in a quarterback that really likes to use tight ends. And, uh, yeah, I think he'd be, a, he'd be a help to our tight end room, and I think he'd be a great guy to kind of learn from, you know, Mo and, and uh, Jack Doyle. So I think he's an outstanding option. Tommy Tremble, uh, I like this guy. I, I, the thing I like about Tremble is he's already got a solid base for blocking. I think he's a, a really outstanding blocker. Might be the best blocking tight end of the draft. He's got to improve on his pass catching, route running, you know, just the overall evolution of his game to become a, you know, well-rounded player. But there are definitely things about him that I like a lot, and I think the Colts ha definitely have an eye on him uh, when it comes to tight ends. And then the last guy uh, is Kenny Yabo from Ole Miss. I like his size. He's a good route runner. One of the things I really uh, noticed on tape with him is he's just a really precise route runner for a tight end. I think that that could lead to some big-time plays in the NFL. Uh, when you're precise and able to do, you know, able to, to run routes and, and get out in and out of breaks as a big guy, uh, that can lead to some big plays. So I like him a lot as well. At offensive tackle, I mean, there's so many guys that we've talked about uh, on Twitter and, and that have been talked about as options for the Colts. Uh, the two guys that I really like, and they're way different players, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama is just a dominant blocker. You put him next to Quentin Nelson, they're just going to maul people, and I think he's really developing into a solid all-around tackle as well. I think that's a day-two guy that we could use, and I think he definitely would be somebody that would fit into our offensive line and with his mentality and the way he plays. The other guy that I love and I've loved since I started watching BYU film with their quarterback and the guy that stood out to me, Brady Christensen, is just outstanding. He's not one of those guys that jumps off the board at you uh, when you watch him play. He's just really, really consistent, solid in pass pro, solid in the run game, uh, just a really solid overall kind of guy that you can count on. Uh, I know some people might want to move him to right tackle and all this other stuff, but I've seen him play left tackle, and he's he's done his job. So I like him a lot. Then you go to cornerback. As a Syracuse fan, the two guys that I like a lot are, are Ify Melanfonwu, who played basically in a cover two for a couple of years. So he knows the defense, and he's really good in it. Physical player, tackles well, good speed, good agility, can really do everything you want a corner to do. I like him a lot. Troy Williams, another guy, big-time playmaker at corner for Syracuse. You can move him around. You can play him in the nickel. You can play him outside. You can play him at free safety. So he's a versatile guy. That's a later pick probably. Paulson Debo from Stanford, up and down, but he's got a lot of the traits that the Colts look for in a corner. Good size, good speed, uh, good length. So he's an option. 
Uh, later on, Cam Bynum from California, like a lot, has got a lot of experience. I think he would be a solid guy to take late. Darren Hall from San Diego State, another guy that really did an outstanding job and was very consistent with his play. And then finally, Shamar Jean Charles. He played for our new DB coach, James Rowe, at Appalachian State. He balled out. He's a little shorter than the normal corner, the Colts draft, but I, I like him. I think he could play and fit what we do. And so that's that's a guy I like at corner as well. Now, getting into the safeties, I broke them down free and, and strong. Free safety, I'm a Richie Grant guy, UCF. He's all over the field. Didn't run fast. His 40 wasn't great, but he plays fast. And I'll take playing fast over running fast in your underwear any day of the week, and he plays fast. He's all over the field, uh, and I, I like him as a day two guy. Another guy, Andre Sisco, coming off a torn ACL for Syracuse. He's probably going to drop due to that ACL tear. I'll tell you right now, this kid is a, he just makes plays. Forces turnovers, whether it's picks, fumbles. Reminds me of Julian Blackman a lot. Comes up, will hit you. Uh, just outstanding football player. Got to, you know, there's there's obviously things he's got to work on, but just somebody that always has a nose for the ball. And you can never have too many of those guys that, that just find a way to make plays and turn the ball over. And Andre Cisco is, it might be the best uh, in the secondary at that, at creating turnovers in this entire draft. So love him. Uh, strong safety, Devon, Di- Devon Diablo. I like his size, 6'3". You know, he can run. You could pro- And there's some teams that are going to look at him in a, as, as a linebacker. And so uh, that's an option, too. You know, I think he weighs about 230, maybe 225, something like that. So he could 6'3", 225. He can run. He can hit. You could play him close to the line of scrimmage. And he's got experience, so that's a guy that I like. Derek Forrest, man, that secondary in Cincinnati was outstanding with him uh, and Hawkins out there. So I, I just I like Forrest a lot. He can do everything. He's he's very versatile. He can run. You can play him at the line. You can play him deep in the zone. You can do a lot of things with him. So I think he would fit our defense really well. And then finally, Jacoby Stevens. I love the kid's attitude. Uh, was kind of a lesser-known guy with LSU, but you can use him in a lot of different ways. Like I said, with with uh, you know with Forrest and Diablo, you can play him up at the line of scrimmage. You know Stevens can cover slot guys. Uh, you can maybe play him at linebacker. You know when you're in that nickel defense. So uh, like him a lot, lot you know a lot. Love the versatility. I like guys that have plus plus versatility. And what I mean by by that is they can do different things well, as opposed to the Chuck Pagano area where we had guys that were minus minus versatility where you play them somewhere and they stunk and you move them somewhere else and they stunk there too. So those are my guys at at strong safety. D-line is really, really, really barren with talent in this draft. The guy I like the most probably is Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh as a three-tech. He had 10 and a half sacks, I think, in 2019. I just think this kid has got big-time player written all over him. I could be wrong, but every time I saw him play – uh, he was outstanding, and I just see a lot of traits. You know, a lot of these these three techs and these guys on the D line, they they don't really get after the quarterback. They're more run stoppers. This guy gets after the quarterback. I think he'd be a great fit for us. You know, somebody we could use on third down, maybe develop him into a three down player. But at this point, you know, he could play on third downs and rush the passer, and I think he would be good because that's what he does. He's explosive and he can get in, you know, and make plays. So. I I love him on the D line. That's really all I got for that. As far as edge, 
I mean, I've gone over these guys before, but a couple new a couple new guys that I haven't mentioned um, would be Chauncey Goldston from Iowa and Ellerson Smith. Well, I've mentioned him before. Uh, I like those guys. I think they're later picks. Cameron Sample from Tulane I like a lot. And then also Joe Tryon from Washington. Deo from Vanderbilt that's coming off the injury I like, and I think the Colts like a lot. Uh, I'm trying to think. And then Patrick Jones, uh, the second. I watched a lot of Pitt film. I think he'd be a solid signing. I think he's going to have a long NFL career. So uh, those are some of the edge guys, that lesser-known guys that, that could be available uh, and then finally for me, linebacker, Derek Barnes, Baron Browning, Dylan Moses. Browning and Moses to me, and especially Browning, Browning can play everywhere. He can play all three uh, linebacker spots. He can run. Uh, Moses is the same way. He can play all three linebacker spots. So you, you can move him around, do a lot of different things with both of those guys. And then Barnes to me is more of a Sam, a prototypical Sam guy that will come down and hit you. Um, but more athletic than I think people give him credit for. So I hope I answered your question. I know it was very long-winded, but I, I mean, you know, when you do this much draft study and you go through the work, you want to give a good, you know, good, good answer and, and you know, uh, uh, an answer that's actually, you know, worth your while. So I tried to give you my the guys that I've been really focused on recently and the guys that I like. So Ballard has struggled to draft pass rushers. Do you trust him to succeed this year? Great question. Um, do I trust him? Yes, uh, because I believe in him and he's the best at what he does. But you're right. There's no sugarcoating it. He has not done great with with uh, with the edge position. Just that's the that's those are facts. But with somebody like Ballard, he he's due. I, I don't think it's anything other than and these guys haven't been complete busts. Um, you know, Taekwon Lewis is still developing, you know, Therese had some flashes still developing, uh, Banigou's really not gotten opportunity, but you know, hopefully that'll come this year. I do think that he is going to hit on an edge rusher and I'm hoping it's this year. So I, sometimes you got to have faith without evidence and with him, I mean, there's evidence that he's going to, he's, he kills the draft, but he just hasn't specifically killed that position. So uh, I'm going to trust him and have faith in him. That's all we can do, really. So, yeah, I trust him. I think he gets it right this year, and we see him take, you know, two to three defensive linemen. I think he goes two edge and one D lineman. So we'll see. What players would make you stay at 21? I mean, it's very simple for me. It's pretty much Quidipay, um, Jalen Phillips are the only two guys for me. Uh, I've thought about it, and, and maybe J.C. Horn, but I, I – I, the more I think about it, the more he reminds me of Rock. He's definitely a better version of Rock, but then there'd have to be a guy that slides down, maybe a receiver um, or something like that that slides or a tackle uh, that slides, but I just don't see that happening. So I would say most likely Quiddy Pay. Uh, and, I, and just let me just say this. If Quiddy Pay's there at 21, I will be shocked if the Colts don't take him because they love him. The scouts love him. The coaches love them. The front office loves them. Ownership loves them. This is the guy that they'll take, in my opinion. Now, I think Phillips has a chance to be taken there as well. Maybe Darisaw if he falls. But for me, Pay is the guy, and then maybe Phillips. The only reason I don't, I wouldn't take Darisaw is because of the depth of the draft. And you just you need to get some more picks, in my opinion. So 
we shall see what happens. Uh, if if Horn is there at 21, is he a must-pick? Okay, if I was picking, yes, because I think he's the best corner in the draft. But Chris Ballard's picking, and I don't think he thinks he's the best corner in the draft. So I would say no from the Colts' perspective. Is that scenario a possibility? Absolutely. There's certainly a, a, a chance that that he falls. It all depends on where guys think, you know, certain uh, where he's taken, uh, and if people won't prefer the upside of, of Farley to to Horn or maybe even Newsom because Newsom tested really well, uh, and it also depends on the scheme. So there's a lot that goes into it. I don't think Horn's going to be there, but if he is, that's that's a decision. That's a tough decision to make because I think he's going to be one of the best corners, if not the best corner in this draft. So it'll be interesting to see how that scenario plays out. But if you ask me now, I don't I, like. I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think Pay's going to be there. I think the Colts will end up trading back to the end of the first or the beginning of the second round. But we'll get into that in my mock draft uh, as that plays out. Which is more? Which is a more important need at the moment, edge or left tackle? Listen, guys. This team is going to live and, live and die with with Ed Rush this year. If they don't have it, they're going to die because they're you know they're going to have to outscore teams. And so for me, the answer is edge. We have to get at least two edge players in this draft, in my opinion. If nothing else, to push the younger players that we have, Banigou, uh, who's not really gotten an opportunity, and then also uh, Ture and and Lewis. You just you got to be prepared if those guys aren't showing you anything, the young guys are playing better, then you play the young guys and you move, you know, you just keep it moving. So I definitely think edge, and it's not, the ed, there's a lot of edge rushers in this draft that, you know, can be found in every round. So I don't think it's a situation where you're, you know, you have to do that early. But I think the ones that can make an impact early are the ones that will be around early. So, uh, and then with the left tackle, I think there's about 10 guys in this draft that you can literally draft and start from day one. And I don't think that is the case with Edge. So I would go Edge 100% of the time. Definitely. No question. Aziz Ajilari is the new hot name for Endy. Any word on how they feel about him? Well, I'll tell you what. They like him. Um... I've been told they like him. They like, uh, you know, obviously they like Pay. They like Phillips. They like Sample. They like the kid from Vanderbilt. They like Tryon, uh, and they like Ojolari, and also uh, Penn State guy uh, Owe. But I, but I think Ojolari and Owe are are definitely further down the list, maybe in the middle of, of the list. Definitely the top, the guys they like the most are. Top three would be Pay, Phillips, and Tryon. Those are the guys they like the best. So uh, we'll see what happens, guys. Um, but they're definitely, they like them. They do like them, for sure. What is the probability the Colts take another position besides left tackle or edge with their first pick? Man, that's a tough question. I would say it's not a high probability, but it's possible. If a wide receiver is there that they really love, like Terrence Marshall or... Kadarius Tony, or I'm just, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, or if there's a player that they just, they can't pass up, that's possible. But I would say, I would put that likelihood at about 15%. 
maybe a corner, Greg Newsome. But again, with Ballard, it doesn't matter. Like if if he believes in the guy, it's he'll do it. So from what I know, I would put like from what I've been told and what I've heard, I, I would put it at eighty five percent they take a left tackle or edge with their first pick. But it's not impossible to imagine them taking somebody else just because you never know with the draft, man. You guys remember back in 2017 when Hooker fell off. People thought Hooker was going in the top eight and the top ten, and he fell all the way to 15. So you just never know with this stuff, man. Anything can happen, and uh, oftentimes anything does happen. So we'll see what happens. Um, Best edge option at 21. I mean, here's the thing. The Colts love uh, pay. That's the guy that they want. They like his ability to stop the run. They like his versatility. They think he'll turn into a really good pass rusher. Um, and I love pay, too. I think he's going to be great, and, and I would have no problem picking him there. And, I, I, and I'm sure if he's there, I really feel like the Colts take him. That's the guy they love. But for me, I, I like Phillips. Um, I think Phillips is ready to play right now. He can do... Everything Pay can do right now better than Pay, in my opinion. He can stop the run. He's got all kinds of pass rush moves. He can get after the quarterback. Uh, he's athletic. He can move. You can play him on every down. His only questions are off the field. But if we're talking about just on the field, um, I love Jalen Phillips. I would draft him at 21 if Pay's not there because I think he's a difference maker from the jump, straight up off the jump. You know, right from the gate, he's going to be somebody that you can plug and play that's going to make plays his first year and help this defense get to where we want it to be and get this team to where we want it to go. So um, for me, it's either Pay or Phillips. And and I think both will help in their own kind of ways in the first year. But I think our pass rush is what really needs significant upgrade. And Pay, I don't think, is going to give that to us early whereas Phillips, I think, will give it to us from day one because his pass rush repertoire is is the best in this draft. He's got the best tools in his toolbox, so to speak, and I just think he's the guy that will come in and play right away and do a, do a good job and, and really you know, get after the quarterback. And hopefully maybe you get a guy like Twyman and, and you add that to Ture and, and, and Buck, and, and then maybe on third downs it's not so easy for quarterbacks. You know, so... Um, you know, this draft is huge for Chris Ballard. I really think uh, it, it, it's going to be a, a big draft for him. They're all big, but I think, you know, the the places this team needs to be upgraded are very obvious. Left tackle, but the D-line just has to get better. We have no depth at tackle, at defensive tackle, and we have no no edge, you know, proven edge guys, and we need to infuse talent into that position. Um, and that's where I stand with that. That's that's the spot that I'm focusing on in this draft. It has to be attacked because games are won at the line of scrimmage. And if you can't get to the quarterback, you can't win. And you ha- then you have to turn to blitzing. And when you turn to blitzing, you get I mean you open up yourself to get beat. So for me, this draft is all about improving the the two lines, getting a left tackle, and then attacking the D line with you know two edges and a defensive tackle, and. Uh, Hopefully that's what will happen. But again, um, you know, I know they want a tight end and they want a wide receiver too. And they, you know, so, and I know a lot of people want corner. I don't know where corner fits in. I kind of like where we're at with corner. We have three guys basically battling for a second starting spot. Tell, uh, Rock, and also Carey. So 
I don't think cornerbacks as big of a need as edge is because if you have good edge rushing, corner is not a big as big a need. And if you don't have good edge rushing, it doesn't matter how good your corners are. They can't cover for 15 minutes. So edge rush is always more important to me than cornerback play. And I think we've got good enough cornerback play to win. We just need to get some edge rushers. And that's where I hope Chris Bauer really attacks that. So that's where I'm at, guys. I'm really focused on the D-line. I'm really focused on improving that spot. That's the spot that needs to be improved. Ballard generally will go out and attack the spots on the roster that are seen as weak, and I think that's one of the spots. I think you'll see maybe you know, maybe they go corner late or maybe they go safety late or linebacker late, but I think um, I really believe they're going to focus on trying to get you know, the best – most game-ready guys early from D, the D-line and edge positions. And that's, you know, might be wrong, but that's what I believe. And obviously they need to get a wide receiver and a tight end, and I think they'll get that. Uh, I've heard rumors that they're going to take a tight end in the second round. I would not be a big fan of that. That's just me. So with that, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope it wasn't too long. Um, we have one more Q&A coming after the draft, the third Q&A that, that we'll do. Um, Luke and I will be back uh, coming up this weekend, maybe the start of draft week, with the fourth annual For the Culture mock draft, and we will both be on for that, and uh, I'm really excited to do it, man. Draft season is a lot of fun, a lot of high hopes for a lot of teams, and we're one of them, and hopefully uh, we can really you know, augment our roster with some really, really talented players, and I'm excited to do the mock draft for a fourth year, so... With that said, I will talk to you guys soon and we'll be back, I think, early in the week with the mock draft here on the For the Culture podcast.